There's a slide. Yeah, I think I just got it. All right. Um, okay, so I have um, come up with an analogy for this topic that I think actually works pretty well. And of course, I didn't think about it until 11 o'clock last night, and so I was moving some stuff around this morning. Um, but the analogy for the actually a lot of these topics, but specifically this one, is one of a puzzle. And the puzzle um, is one where we don't have the box top, okay? So we are handed sort of one puzzle piece at a time, and each puzzle piece represents some piece of information, some fact, some, um, you know, and I'll use fact in, uh, in, in air quotes here, um, some piece of information that we gather is, is each piece of, of the puzzle. And you can look at this, this picture here and, and think about this as being sort of, sort of a fact. Like what, what's important about this puzzle piece? And what does it tell us about what the entire puzzle is going to end up being? We've got this flamingo. I guess it's a flamingo. Maybe it's a weird 12-headed, you know, pink bird beast. Um, we don't know that yet. We know that it has a crown on its head. Is it the only one in the entire puzzle that has a crown on its head? Or do they all have crowns on their head? Is this little squiggly line right here, is that just meaningless nothing? Or is that the actual signature of the, of the author, of the illustrator here? Um, what are these flowers? I don't, I, don't, I don't know what these are, how they fit into the larger, into the larger um, construct. Um, maybe they're important, maybe not. Um, <clears throat> but this topic is, is sort of like that in the sense that we have one piece of, of evidence. We have, you know, say Genesis 1. Well, how does Genesis 1 really fit in? You know, what, is, what are the pieces of, of what we're looking at in Genesis 1 really do for us in, in telling the, the larger story? We've also got, um, let's see these puzzles. Um, We've also got sort of scientific pieces of, of the puzzle. You know, um, we have some amount of information from a from a scientific experiment that might have been done that gives us some inkling into what the, the larger structure is. But how do we know how that fits into to what the the whole picture is? We really don't know. And so we've got all these different ways that we're being handed pieces of the puzzle. We're trying to fit them together, and it's just hard to know how they all fit together, and we'll probably never know how they, they all fit together. Some of the pieces are different sizes. I mean, some of us might feel like Genesis 1 is an enormous piece of the puzzle, and some of us might feel like, eh, okay, let's, let's see what else is around it before we really decide whether or not it's uh, <clears throat> how, how important it is. Um, and then there are actually missing holes in, you know, in the puzzle itself. There are things that we we'll never know what is there because it is flat out impossible to know that thing. We weren't, we weren't there. Um, and so we also naturally would take certain pieces of this puzzle and sort of use that to make a guess as to what we think is sort of the piece next to it. And... <clears throat> Um, and sometimes we guess right, and sometimes we guess wrong. And sometimes there's no way of knowing, and so we try and, try and fill in the gaps. Um, so I just wanted to make the point that there, 
there are things that we cannot know. There are things about this topic and about many of these topics that, um, that it will be impossible for us to know 100%. And so all we have is sort of the pieces of the puzzle at our disposal and we each need to determine how, how we feel like that, that fits into the larger, um, larger puzzle and, and make the best determination that we can. Um, this is something that I have kind of believed for a long time, probably 20 years or more now, that I know not everyone kind of comes to, um, comes to this kind of understanding, or some people would disagree with me here, I guess. Um, but um, for the world to make sense to me, I, I need to believe this. Um, I need to believe that we're getting one or the other wrong when it looks like they're, they're butting heads. I don't think they're always butting heads in the, think that, in the way that we think that they are, um, but, they, uh, but they have butted heads for a long time, and we're, we're trying, to, trying to figure out how to, how to separate that out. Um, I think the world is, a, is an orderly place, and, um, and I think that that order, we can, we can figure that out, you know? No, that's not what I meant to say. We, we are charged with doing our best to figure out what that looks like, and um, we, we fail as much as we, we succeed, but, um, but I think these are two languages of God. Um, you know, we've got we've got biblical biblical text. We've got scripture. We've got uh, we've also got logic, and we've got um, you know scientific exploration, and um, and all those things are just pieces of the puzzle that that fit together. Um, all right. So so what is what is science? I think we've talked a little bit about this in this class, um, but specifically with regard to to this particular topic, there was a few pieces of, of this um, definition that I wanted to kind of talk about. So the intellectual and practical activity encompassing the systematic study of the structure and behavior of the physical and natural world through observation and experiment. So activity, this is, a, this is an active, active thing that we do, that we should be doing, and that we need to not stop doing. Um, this is not a we don't get to uh, to a, a conclusion, and that's just the end of that particular um, question, and, and then we move on to the next. We're we're always learning, we're always developing, um, and that's part of what I love about it. Um, structure and behavior; these are two very different things. Um, structure makes me think of how we explain what the world is like. So the you know it took thousands and thousands of years for us to figure out what the structure of the atom sort of looks like, and we're still kind of wrestling with what, what it looks like in the, in the realm of <clears throat> uh, quantum mechanics and everything, but um, how we study the world around us in order to figure out what the, what the underlying structure is. And can we ever study it well enough to find that God is the underlying structure of that? I don't know. I, I wish I had an answer for that, but I, but I don't. Um, behavior is the one that we think about a little bit more when we maybe think about science and um, these are experiments that we can do and we can see these inputs and we get these outputs and we can um, draw a really really nice fine correlation between the two every single time I do X Y happens and if something 
happens slightly different than that, I need to be able to understand why that is. Um, the physical and natural world. We have definitely talked about this in this class, is that there are realms of what, what science can and, and does uh, try to explain, and um, scientists can get too big for their britches and turn into philosophers um, in the same way that Christians can get too big for their britches and try and become scientists. And so we want to um, we want to keep keep everyone sort of in their in their lane just enough. The lanes definitely overlap, um, but a, a scientist is definitely concerned with uh, with what they can observe and experiment. Um, and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit. So science is not the kind of thing that is this ivory tower, one percent type people. You know, do do science, and um, it's a it's a natural byproduct of the way that we were designed, and and every one of us is is what I'm what I'm calling a scientist, um, because we've got this loop of experimentation and observation and hypothesis, and <clears throat> and we all do this on a on a daily basis. On a and um, I want to give one example here. So my observation is that my cell phone is plugged in, but it's not charging. And so next is the hypothesis. Well, all right, maybe that lightning cord that I only spent three bucks on stopped working. Well, let's do an experiment. Let's try to uh, use a brand new cord to see, to see if that worked. All right, well, that failed. It, my, my cell phone still isn't charging. So then I go back through the loop. I'm, my next hypothesis is maybe that the charger block is, is faulty. Do an experiment, find a brand new charger block that I know worked before. Observation, my cell phone still isn't charging. And then so then we come to a conclusion, Apple products are overrated. <laughs> okay, so this is, <laughs> this is the kind of thing that, that we do daily. You know, I mean, we are constant, our brains, this is the way they work, is just this cycle of observing of the, our, our world around us and experimenting and understanding how, how it fits together. And, and I say that's a great thing. Um, I say... <laughs> be the scientists that we were designed to, to be um, with caveats there, clearly. I mean, there are, there are things that we learn from scientific experimentation that we need to trust. I mean, that, that's, this, this is the way that the world is, you know, and no, no amount of believing otherwise is going to change anything. Um, but in the same way, I mean, we need to interpret the results of, of what we find from our, um, our experimentation. When the cell phone isn't charging, we could have concluded that, um, uh, that the phone was dead, but maybe in reality, the power is out in your house. And, you know, so just because we come to a certain conclusion doesn't mean it's the right one. Um, so we need to interpret those results and, and have some wisdom clearly about them. Um, and then the cautiousness is about sort of not stretching. Um, you know, we can only learn so much from our, our experimentation in the same way that we can only learn so much from, from our scriptures, right? Um, our scriptures need to be trusted. I mean, these are, these are an important piece of, of who we are as a community and as individuals. They need to be interpreted. They need wisdom to, to go along with them. Um, and we need to be cautious about, about what they do and do not say uh, about the, the natural world and, uh, and about the way that we live our lives. Um, so the, the way that the science um, faith chasm or divide or whatever kind of has played out in the past 
is really pointing to one enormous question, which is, like, is there even a God in the first place? And by the way, if I was God, I would totally be ripped like that. <laughs> this is the kind of God I would be. Um, but so this is not a question that most of us necessarily struggle with in this, in this capacity. Um, but I, I have. I mean, I mean what's, what's the answer to this question? Really? The best answer I can give you is maybe. I mean, probably. Um, but is this a, a truly knowable thing? Probably not, you know. Um, not, not at least with what I've experienced in, in my own lifetime. Um, we, we take those pieces of the puzzle that we were talking about earlier. We fit enough of them around um, our worldview to figure out whether or not to, to answer this, this question for ourselves. Um, a few misconceptions clearly here um, that we haven't really talked about the, the, the age thing quite yet, but that an old earth means that you don't need God. I mean, that's clearly a, a misconception. Um, but I think it's one that we've, we've, had a, we've had a struggle with for you know, a couple hundred years. Um, that, that if we give in to sort of the scientific view of, um, you know, of saying that, there's, that the earth is really old, that somehow that means that God you know, didn't, didn't do everything that he said that he did. Um, and a similar, similar idea is that, that a natural creation kind of is a, a godless one, um, which is which is very much not the case. I mean, we we have we have evidence um, of some natural processes and the way that they happen, and um, you know there there still needs to be a why behind all of that stuff, and and a lot of that is is where God comes in. Um, and I think this is one that we have in the back of our minds even if we can't really put a finger on it is that if I, if I give in to sort of the, the scientist side of, of the way that my brain already works that somehow that that eliminates or, or limits the, the faith that I have or the faith that I need um, and, uh, and I, I want to caution caution us against thinking of these as two different ways that we're like moving back and forth on a spectrum as opposed to, I mean, this is, this is the way that I was created and, um, you know, my, my scientist side of my brain is, is just as valuable as, uh, as, as my faith and the two can very much work in harmony. Okay, so let's give a, I'm going to give you an, ex, a, uh, an opportunity to, to be a scientist, all right? So this, <clears throat> this is my uh, undergraduate diploma, all right? So the evidence in front of you is that I graduated from college with a bachelor's in science in engineering physics, okay? You see who, you know, what I look like, whatever. So question is, is this statement true or false? I graduated from high school. Clearly... The evidence that you have would say 99% yes. I mean, yeah, it's possible I could have gone and gotten a GED or something, gone on to college and gotten, gotten a degree. Um, but from what we know about the world, you know, 99% chance, yes. The answer is that I graduated from high school. Now, is this statement true? Probably not, right? I mean, we just turned the statement from false to true 
true to false by by adding a little clause at the end of it, which is probably not well, the what case. Year did you graduate? <laughs> I graduate. Well, doesn't really matter, but um, what year did I graduate? 2004. <laughs> but even if we didn't know what year I graduated, you know, the likelihood that I graduated high school in 2017, you know, and I'm standing here in front of you with a with a degree in physics, um, you know, just a couple years later, is probably not true. So. You know, likewise, is this statement true? You know, I think the the big bold part, if you didn't add on the, the timing part of it, is very true. I mean, is a much more, much easier to, to accept, I guess I'll put it that way, much easier to accept the, the bold part of this. When you add the tag on it, it just, it becomes harder, you know, the whole, People throw out the baby with the bathwater here. You know, well, if the claim is that you know this is a this only happened a few thousand years ago, then I got to throw the whole thing out because I cannot trust the statement as as it is. Um, so I'll, I'll leave that there for for now. Um, does it matter? Um, I think is another really important question that we that we want to deal with here. Um, is it a is it a salvation question? I think we would all agree. I think we should all agree that the answer to that is is no. It's not a salvation question, um, certainly. But does it matter? Um, I would say this is one of those scenarios where it's it, we don't all just get to have our own truth on this. Um, there, there is objectively one way that this happened. You know, I mean, the, the, um, there are things that we that we think, you know, could have gone uh, a number of different ways. This is one where it either happened one way, it happened another way. You know, I mean, there's other options that we haven't even considered yet. But um, the Earth is either a few thousand years old, or it's you know, millions, billions of years old. There's, there's no sort of in-between there in terms of what actually happened. Whether or not we can know what happened is a different question, but um, this is not a situation where you could say, well, you know, it's true for me because, uh, just because this is what I believe. Um, in building a sort of worldview around this, how does it affect you when you get new information? Does it mean that you have to ignore some new information in order for your worldview to hold up? Or, you know, are you, are you capable of sort of ingesting new information, pulling it into your puzzle, you know, and, and not needing to, um, to kind of choose one, one or the other? <clears throat> And, and how does my view affect those around me? I've been thinking a lot more about, about this one recently. Um, had a conversation recently about um, you know, college kids that are um, kind of sheltered uh, um, intellectually, and then they go off to, uh, in high school they are, and then they go off to college and they, they learn all these new things and all these new ideas and all this, you know, the hugeness of, of what we know. Um, and, and it shakes them, you know, because they, um, they're having a hard time taking what they, what they grew up with sort of in their sheltered church life and then matching that with, 
holy cow, look at all this other stuff, you know. Um, and, and it's causing, you know, some people to, to lose faith. And, uh, and, and that's, that's tough. Um, and then similar idea here is kind of what I was saying before about um, do people view my Christianity as sort of this fanciful thing because all of a sudden, because I, I can't... Uh, I can't take the, uh, because my view of the world sort of seems like a myth. It seems, you know, like it's, uh, you know, not something I could possibly believe in. So, you know, that Christianity thing is obviously, you know, kind of ridiculous. Um, maybe. Some, maybe some people. Um, so our kind of biggest question around this to me is, what what can we do with the Bible? Like, what is it? You know, I mean, how, quote-unquote, true is it? Clearly, we have a spectrum. Um, I think as a, as a Christian family, we are slowly moving a little bit right on this, um, this continuum. I think there was a whole, lot of, a whole lot of us who were pretty far left 20, 50, you know, 80 years ago, and we're slowly moving... To, um, at least in part, towards, uh, towards the center here. Um, but people are on the right side of this, in part because of the way that others have been so far left on this, um, which, is, which is tough. Um, the other... The other question here is about which which side you sort of start with and which one you use in order to interpret the the rest of what you know. So am I a person who you know reads Genesis 1 and then the entire rest of my world is uh, interpreted based on what I've I've read there or am I a person who maybe comes from more of a scientific background or or maybe just not a faith background of any kind, you know, sees all the all of what's around me in the world, um, and then goes and reads Genesis one and says, "How does that, you know, fit into all these other ideas that I already have about the the way that the world works and the way that the world is structured?" Um, these are these are big questions, partly because of how we can, you know, because of the conversations that we want to be having with people. Um, we, we want to accept when people are coming from a different place than we are um, and to be able to at least get in their head to, um, to understand where they're coming from, even if we're not coming from the same place. Yeah. Uh, I think the word missing from both sides here is context. Clearly there are many, many other things, yeah. Even, on in, the, si- even in science, I mean, Galileo, in the context of his day, his uh, discoveries fit and worked fine. Sure. But as other things changed, it didn't change. Yeah. Uh, and the uh, the second one is asking the right questions. Sure. Uh, if you believe God created, period, then does it matter how he did it? whether he did it through miraculous means or through natural processes that were set in motion that may have taken a billion years. Mm-hmm. So 
Now there, there are quite, there's a little more to it than just the, the simple explanation. The big question is, if God created, why is it as large as it is if we are his only creation? Absolutely. Now if you'll answer all those for you. Give me three minutes, I'll be there. I'll, I'll answer them all. peer review understanding and mindset could inform this discussion. I think that's so valuable because almost all knowledge enters through the academic peer review process, or at least the majority does, yeah. which is I'm highly trained. I've spent innumerable years trying to understand this very specific thing. I put it out there knowing that someone probably smarter than me and more informed than me is going to look at this, pick it apart, and then we're going to go from there. And even when I put it out there, I'm inviting people to throw darts. Mm -hmm. It's not a declarative statement. It's, look, this is what we think we know. Come at this with your best shot, and let's see how we can add to that. It's refined over time, and then and it's still just part of a larger whole. And I think that a lot of scientists understand that. I mean, good scientists are devoted to the truth, not right. their own ego of, I'm right, and I've done all this. I mean, you know, it's brutal when you put your work out there. Like, you know that it's going to get shredded, yeah. and you're okay with that because you ultimately want the truth. And I think that, you know, that's the mindset of science, and not necessarily church. And I think that that's not, that's a very humble mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that there's a lot that you need to take care of from that. Yeah. Um, I don't think that a lot of times the defensiveness, you know, um, is present on one side and not the other. And the defensiveness creates an issue on both sides. Yeah. It's not personal. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Um, and I had I had written some notes to m for myself in the similar idea of a good scientist is one who's willing to have you know that that peer review process refine. You know, they're, nobody wants their uh, their ideas to be totally shattered, um, but refining is good, um, for sure. Um, I only have like a couple more ideas, and then I'll open this up. Um, the question of what can God do um, versus what did he do, um, I think is an important one. I think some people get stuck on the idea of um, when you try to explain something more through natural uh, ideas, then some of the pushback is, well, if God you know, wants to create the earth in six days, he can create the earth in six days. Well, absolutely. That, that's, that is not uh, up for debate right here. Um, but just because he can doesn't mean he did. And um, being willing to step back and say, well, I thought that this was the way that he he did it, but maybe, maybe not. I mean, maybe, maybe this new evidence maybe changes my view of what he did do, not, not changing my view of what he can do. Um, <clears throat> and this is my last slide, and I just really like this idea. This works for me. Um, I don't know that it works necessarily for everyone, um, but I'm okay in the gray. I'm okay not knowing the answers to some of these questions. Um, and I think it's slightly ironic that I use a, uh, a, an avowed atheist to 
his quote to, um, for this idea, but I'm okay with the fact that I can't answer all these questions. Um, and we'll never be able to answer them all, and, and that's kind of okay with me as well. Um, because the alternative is, uh, is not, not one I'm, I'm really looking to spend my life on. But I've um, got about 10 minutes, five, seven to 10 minutes for some questions or thoughts on these uh, ideas. Just picking up on this question, I mean, this quote about, and this is from an atheist, um, I think where the, the Big Bang naturalism kind of falls short is the question, why are we here? Right. Or, and also, why is there something rather than nothing right. at all? Right. Um, for something to exist, there has to be a transcendent cause. And they might say, well, there are mathematical formulas and natural laws that caused all this to exist, but a mathematical formula is really just a kind of an abstract proposition rather than a transcendent cause. So things like, why is there something rather than nothing? Why are we here? And why are why is it these natural laws? And why are or even these uh, these moral truths? Right. Yeah. And which leads to the arg the uh, the argument for the existence of God, the moral argument for the existence of God. The the why is definitely something that a scientist can't answer. Um, no doubt about that. One thing that um, I've tried to be cautious about is. On the, on the how, just because we can't explain it yet doesn't mean yeah. it's God. Um, there are many, many things, if you go back a few hundred years and, and bring a certain knowledge or technology or whatever to a people that, um, that lived then, you'd say, look, God, I am God because I'm going to tell you that tomorrow the sun is going to be blotted out from the sky. Well, it's just a, it's an eclipse, you know. I didn't know what an eclipse was at, at some point. And so I could have gone back and said, I am God and, you know, I can do this thing. Um, and so we keep learning more things that weren't God, that people at, at some point in the world thought was just, you know, God doing something. And now we know the, the natural causes for, for those things. Um, and I am desperately trying to create a, a view of the world and of God for myself where as we learn new things about the way the natural world works, that it doesn't limit my, um, how much I need God and how much I feel like God is, uh, is, is part of, of what we've got. So it's a, it's a fine line for sure. Other ideas or questions? Just to springboard off what she said, this is just an observation uh, about the peer review process on the scientific side and how that perpetuates the, you know, the building of better and better science. Mm -hmm. uh, and on the spiritual side, going back to Lauren and Josh's class uh, however long ago, is what, uh, what scriptural or what um, spiritual works last are the ones that inspire people. The ones that don't inspire people that are just, you know, you know filled page with ink. Uh, go away. Yeah. Uh, they're not remembered, and so that's that's kind of the continuation on the on the spiritual side um, versus something that's peer reviewed and that that uh, is uh, reproducible uh, over and over again for years. And that's that's what the scientific side puts their weight on. Yeah, I think the scientific side because the peer review process moves faster. I mean, it sort of iterates the oh nope that's not right. You know, let's find a new. 
um, and it takes us a little long, you know, in the in the faith communities to slowly move ourselves toward um, maybe more objective truth. Um, but we're doing our 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 best anyway. Other thoughts? Or did you have a question? Um, this thing I'm going to say is probably more consistent with the fine print behind you mm-hmm. and the large print behind you. Uh, the idea nothing can be true unless it's consistent with science. Nothing can be proven to be untrue except by science. What do you think? Prove is a uh, is a funny word, you know. I mean, that the problem with this question is just so much of this it feels like isn't really provable because um, we're gonna we're gonna take what we think and we're going to do experiments to um, to test sort of a tangential way of looking at a particular idea because we can't test it directly, and then that thing needs to be interpreted. Okay, this tangential idea that I just got suggests a certain outcome or a, cer- a, a certain conclusion, um, but it can't possibly prove it, you know, unequivocally. Um, so I think there are, there are things that science can prove, but I think there are a whole lot more things that science can't prove or unprove uh, about the particular topic. I know that was a fancy way of not answering your question. But. <laughs> <laughs> Especially about the spiritual part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both sides would say this. Right. They're reacting primarily to statements that are made that they can disprove that some people of faith put yeah. before yeah, on the edge of the earth. Yeah, I mean, even if we even if we answer this question unequivocally, all right, the earth is whatever, 14 billion years old, that still doesn't answer a lot of these additional questions. Why? Who, I, who am I? You know, well, why is it this way and not a different way? You know, who is, who is God and how is he connected to all of it? You know, those are still questions that... Um, Know, go go well beyond the uh, the simple age of the universe type questions. <coughs> Got about three three minutes. If anybody else has any comments or okay, so is there a way to approach this where we don't have to ask the question, "Is the Bible true?" Because I could see how that would very much be an isolating point. Freak out these sheltered high school people too. <laughs> so, is there an approach where we're able to get far enough into the discussion for them to gain some some knowledge and learning without having it to isolate that quickly? No. <laughs> I, I have I have an answer to that question. Yeah. I actually uh, I would just say that the Earth is all the science says it is. I think it's the The earth is as old as science says it is. Oh, I think it's the wrong question. Uh, It goes back to what Lauren said is you're you're going into the scientific realm to try to explain the Bible. And it's just just a a false path. You need to explain the Bible on its own terms and explain science on its own terms. Right. Also, high schoolers are already asking that question. They've been asking mm-hmm. that for years and years already at sure. that age, so yeah, there's no point in avoiding that. Right. Yeah, it's most of them. Most of them. Not all. But for a lot of, I mean, for a lot of people's backgrounds, that would be the first time any, I mean, 
Yeah. Matt, I agree. Yeah. I, I mean, it was new to me being in this class that people grew up not being able to believe in science, right? So, so I don't come from that background. So it's hard for me to believe there are people that weren't allowed to talk about those things. So, yeah. And it's part of why I've got. So there's some, those same people are people that have never heard this statement is the Bible true. Right. They wouldn't have been allowed. And it, part of it is why I've got air quotes around true because. I mean, it, it needs to be interpreted. You know, I mean, this is a this is potentially just a poem that is sort of told. You know, is there a gentler way? Is there a gentler way? Yeah, yeah. There, there is, but it requires sort of a lot of discussion. You know, I mean, it is, there there is no tweet size uh, answer to these questions. I mean, you have to be willing to sort of dig in and understand a, a little bit more behind of what's going on. Um, so I I think that like worrying about young people when they first encounter the possibility that the worldview that they've been taught in their home isn't the only one or the most true like that's an okay thing to argue about but I think all of us as we mature into grown people the sorting of what we know what we've been taught what we think we know like we all have to sort that for ourselves to become you know mature people and it's those of us who don't ever do that, who cling so tightly to the things that mom and dad or whomever we respect taught us, grow up to be grown people who are still like <coughs> kids. And the sorting out, the sifting through of what is valuable, what helps me in my walk, what what makes sense with that. I mean, that's all just maturation process and it takes time. And yeah. we ought to be allowed the time and the freedom to ask the questions and sort out the things that are the most useful to us. I've had many conversations with very wonderful, spiritual, godly people who, to the answer to this question, they're like, I don't care. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm, like, this is, I'm not a person who cares about, you know, whether the earth is young or old. And that's fine, too. I am not built that way. But, I, you know, I only know the, the world through my own eyes, you know, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm fine with them not caring. I don't know. Maybe there's some others like me, but the older I get, the smaller and smaller I feel in a huge, huge universe. Yeah. And a God that is even much bigger than I can imagine God to be. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's exactly right. I mean, it's just you know, there's a some some of these ideas came came about when they really thought that the that all this stuff was a lot smaller and uh, than it is, and that they were more at the center of it than than we now realize that we are. So, um, yeah, that's a good that's a good way to end. Thank you for being here. Um, two weeks if you want to hear other stuff, more specific evidence.